Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We are Certified Life Coach Institute. Welcome for our next show on the core competencies six and seven. Yes, this will be our third installment. Um, We will cap off the series next week. Um, We're excited to go ahead and get started with this week's. If you guys are kind of unaware of what we're doing exactly, you can go ahead and be sure to check out our last two streams. It'll explain exactly what we're doing and kind of detail um, we want to hop in today. But before we do, can we give Kyle a second to introduce himself? Yeah, who's this guy? Who's this guy sitting here? (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Kyle. I have been with CLCI for a few months now. I've gone through my level two training course and um, I'm happy to, to be here. What And what do you do, Kyle, at CLCI? I am a technical director and so I help admin the shows that are going on and I help steer the ship so teachers and facilitators can give their A game to the students and participants. I like that you called it a show. <laughs> and it's our A game. <laughs> and it's what'd you say? He, he also called us in the A game. Oh, yes. <laughs> everyone on our A game. Here. We're so excited. Got to make sure teachers keep their composures. <laughs> <laughs> we were all in class today, so it's been a long day for us. It's been fun, though. Um, yeah. So let's, should we just dive right in, shall we? Let's dive, 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 dive. So we are talking today about the communicating effectively leg portion of the um, uh, ICF core competencies. And our first one is numero seis, number six, uh, listens actively. Uh, The definition of that would be focuses on what the client is and is not saying to fully understand what is being communicated in the context of the client systems and to support the client's self-expression. And we'll just go into the points like we always do. Number one point is considers the client's context, identity, environment, experiences, values, and beliefs to enhance understanding of what the client is communicating. I'll do number two, reflects or summarizes. Wait, do we want to talk about the point? Oh, okay, we're going through them all, okay. Yeah. It's not like last week where we're rushing to get them all done. We got two, only two this week, not three. Um, so considers the client's context identity. We just kind of touched on this. Uh, they really like to drive their points home. But, but the thing is, let's take what this is in this context, right? So last week was in the context of um, uh, of establish- or co-creating the relationship. So that's what that was about. This is in the context of communicating effectively. So this, well, the other one was about creating a relationship. This is about how we're going to communicate with the client, right? So in the context of communicating with the client effectively and listening actively more specifically, considers the client's context, environment, experiences, values, and beliefs to enhance understanding of what the client is communicating. I think it's listening to the whole person, not just a problem of what they're saying. So listening for what's present, listening for what's not present, or the blind spots, 
and opening that dialogue in that place. I think it's also not, I mean, I think the word considers might be a little ambiguous, but it, I think it's being curious about all of those aspects too, being curious about the context of what the client is sharing with you, being curious yeah. about the identity that the client holds, being curious about the environment of whatever it is they're working on is, um, and their experiences and, and being able to ask those questions so that you as a coach can get a bigger, broader picture um, and be listening to, to know that whole client experience um, and, and really be able to navigate what questions to ask and help navigate them um, uh, in this space of, of their environment, their context, their identity, et cetera. Um, you guys have thoughts? Would an example of this, um, I guess, in relationship coaching, Lisa, be yeah. a person's sort of love language? How they how they learn to communicate um, affection and how they would like to receive it, mm -hmm. and uncovering that and asking questions to identify what it is that they're trying to communicate to their partners. For that moment, yes, a lot of the times the love language can shift, but in the present of uh, if I know what my love language, if I am physical touch, that I'm going to ask for my partner that physical touch piece and be able to communicate clearly on, on what my needs are in that place. Oftentimes in relationships, people will assume that you should know what my love language is, but this is going to talk about, let's have a discussion. Let's have a clarity on what it is, my thoughts, what, it, what are my feelings? Where do I want to go with this? And so that clearly is going to discuss the curiosity of who I am and where I am in that moment. If I were a client. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think we, I mean, I think with this too, it's also you're, you're, you're getting that if you, in couples coaching too, you're getting the whole, you're considering each one's individual experiences and, yep. and I think trying to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. the two. Yeah. Um, Maybe ask, you know, clarifying questions about, a person's context identity and all that other good stuff. If you don't know if there's some sort of misunderstanding going, ask, Oh, is there an experience that you had that, you know, led you to this belief or is this related to a value that you hold um, well, something of that nature? Or why is this, you know, what, 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 sometimes what, what, the why of it isn't as yeah. important yeah. as what is in this moment. So for me, I'm, I'm going to stick with, you know, looking who I am and, and what's important if I'm the client or if I'm working with clients, I'm going to find out what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the whys of it, because that could tap into the history of who they are and why they are, which is not what we're doing is coaching. However, sometimes it provides context for the partner to have a clarity. So it's going to depend, you know, it's not a cookie cutter answer, but we're doing uh, coaching, which is here and now and that moving forward concept. So staying in present tense is going to be helpful. I think, uh, I think we should, we can move to the second one. And I think that that, that, cause I think this will sort of, as we, as we go through these, I think it'll help to build this out as well. So the second one is reflects or summarizes what the clients communicated to ensure clarity and understanding. And that's the, that mirroring uh, component. And, um, and, and that's an important part of communicating effectively is, is, is using their words back at them, essentially, to them so that then they can hear it being said to them. Because sometimes it's a whole different experience by virtue of doing that. And it also expresses that you have heard them as well, right? Yeah. 
So we don't have to use every single word that they've said. It can be a brief summarization of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a good example of like active listening and it's keeping, it's helpful for the coach because it keeps them thinking about what the client is saying in the moment because it seems that coaches tend to have a problem about thinking about, oh, what should I ask next? Or what, what should I be saying next to respond? And then you might end up, you know, glossing over or just not paying attention. Um, this really helps you hone in on the, the core of what a client is saying to be able to reflect it back to them and, or put it in to different words, but still keeping the same information. Not too different, though. I mean, you, yeah. you definitely want to stay more with their vocabulary usage. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, think staying, in, staying in line with using their exact vocabulary really develops rapport. Like we mentioned, it's you coming to the realization that they are listening to what you're saying and they're not just trying to gather some information. And based off of that, creating assumptions, they are mirroring exactly what you have spoken to them. Um, and again, it's, it's a really good way to display that you're actively listening in there with them. And again, just developing that rapport that is so necessary and so critical. And I think a further, the importance of the, the using their language, I think we can demonstrate why it's important. Um, when I say the word, um, oh, we'll say excited, excited. What comes to mind, Kyle? Uh, my happy place, something something that makes me excited and, and comforting, joyful. What makes you excited, Kyle? What makes me excited or what comes to mind of excitement? What makes you <laughs> Food. Food, yes. Anthony, what comes to mind when I say excitement to you? Oh, excited gosh. You. Um, what makes me excited? Uh, doing theater. my theater rehearsal coming up and being in shows that makes me excited because it gives me an excuse to let loose be someone else that i'm not who's not that exciting in real life so and now now what if i said i am um thrilled thrilled does that mean something different to you guys absolutely that takes me to the theme park right yeah. So that's why it's important to change, choose your words or use their words back at them because you could say, they could say, you know, happy, and then you could respond with um, joyful, and it could mean two totally different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know. Or or if you say maybe you, you infuse content instead of happy, and maybe that's a totally different emotion to them. So And, that, and actually, I think that's pretty accurate because some clients have corrected me when I've, I've done that mistakenly. They don't want to be content. They want to be happy. And there's a distinction for them between those two. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lisa, she pointed out, obviously, it doesn't have to be verbatim, but those power words are very important, I think, as far as relaying back to them, um, very similarly to the way that they displayed them to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, when, if for some reason I will take ownership of my language when I reflect back. So with a couple that I do that with, there's a, there's an intent to see how I've heard it from them. So I think what I'm hearing you say, correct me if I get this wrong. Um, a lot of the times when I'm working with couples that helps the partner hear it differently as well. So that also can work, but I'm still staying in the flavor of the discussion belief system, word choices. 
And I think we can move, we, we understand what that is now. Also, but another, there is one more aspect to this. Mirroring body language is also important. Uh, Lisa, do you want to talk into that? <laughs> well, even a few moments ago, um, Brooke and I were mirroring a little bit. She had her glasses on. I went, oh yeah, I want to put my glasses on. And just that act, that's, that's a mirroring. So the body language that we're mirroring in our sessions sometimes can be helpful to mirror the client. Let's say we notice the client is um, kind of closed off. I might go like this and I'm crossing my arms and then I'm going to make a big movement where I'll uncross them to suggest, let's get into this, let's have a discussion. So that mirroring body language is trying to open it up or we'll cross our legs in the same place. Uh, that's a good indication that we're in rapport, following each other's and mirroring with those mirror neurons, each other's language is a good rapport builder as well. Would you cry with a client to encourage or mirror with them? Um, so I, I, I'm not going to cry. Like if they're have full on tears and you can tell that I'm not going to get into that state. I will have some connection to it and there may be a tear kind of thing just because I'm right there with them and in compassion and empathy with the process that they're going to but no I'm not going to cry with them there's a distinct place that I be uh, and stay and that they are and that's their job not for me to infiltrate that moment I think to add one more tidbit there's an acronym for how to actually utilize what we're speaking about. It is solar, which mm -hmm. really quickly, we can run through it. It's squarely face um, your client. You wanna make sure you have open body language, you're leaning in, your eyes are connecting with your client, you're relaxed. Um, these are, so that is the foundation that you wanna try and stick to when it comes to, again, cooperative listening and maintaining that rapport with your client while doing so. Well, and we need to consider cultures with eye language. I mean, eye to eye contact. But um, what was the name of the author of that? Uh, I forgot what his name is. Um, here's uh, there, here's a lesson I learned uh, working at security um, for Native American and Spanish uh, speakers. Oh, there you go. Don't point at them. I've seen coaches who will do like the pointing thing, like when they're talking to you. You can you can gesture with your hand like this, but pointing is a big no-no. And we've gotten uh, guards, not me, but guards would get in trouble for pointing oh, around like that. Um, so that's one of the things about considering uh, someone's cultural context and body language. Some things might you know be offensive, or other things might be more appropriate. And you know it's good to key in to that sort of things and ask too um, if you can tell that they're seem to be offended by something that you did that you might not have thought um, at first could be offensive. I think we can move into our third point now, shall we? Mm -hmm. uh, recognizes uh, and inquires when there is more to what the client is communicating. So let's talk about that more aspect because because I think it's a, it's a fine line there because you don't want to be assumptive and you don't want to push your client. So um, uh, it's you, but you still want to get them to start to to get behind because a lot of times when a client comes in, they're going to come in with one thing and you end up working on something different. It, it takes a It ends up being slightly different or a different course of action may happen. 
And, and that comes from that listening deeper aspect. That's what our level two work really, right? And, and being comfortable, especially with those silences, there's, there's this statement that I've pulled from somewhere, I don't remember, but if you overfunction, they underfunction, which means if you are overperforming as a coach, you're not going to get their language. So the less that you say, the more that they're going to say, which that's what you want them to do is to share more with you. Keeping it simple, right? What? No, I like complicating things. That's no. Are you kidding me? Not <laughs> about complicating things. So, so um, uh, recognizes and inquires when there is more to what the client is communicating. So, what is more? Can you? Can we somehow? What I mean, when I guess that's obvious. I guess you're because there's a comes a line like when we can start to be presumptuous, right? Yeah. Or we can start yeah. to. So how do you walk that line between being presumptuous about what your client is? the more and, and, and being a coach asking, is there more to that? That's simple. Is there more, or can you explain what do you mean by this? Or so if, you, if I have an inclination that my client, there might be more, or if, if I, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious or what have you, I simply ask, well, can you tell me more about that? It's that simple. That's all I have to do. Cause we're not, what we're not doing is saying, I think that, that there's more to that. Yeah, right. no. that's the difference there. <laughs> that, that seems to be, the last thing you want to do is like accuse your client of something. And that's bordering the line of just like, I think you're hiding something from me. I can tell <laughs> from your energy and your body. That's, that's the crap that I see. And you're not telling, telling me. You. Yeah, like, you're not going to buy in a word you're saying. <laughs> you're lying. However, what I just said, when I have a good rapport with my clients, I may jokingly work with them and go, what are you hiding from me? Because we already have that connection where we have um, jested here and there. And until you build that connection, just keep it simple. You're not allowed to laugh with your clients. That's no. <laughs> um, so let's move, I think we've got that one. Number four, shall we? Uh, notices, acknowledges, and explores the client's emotions, energy shifts, nonverbal cues, or behaviors. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, that not that body language. We touched on that. Um, notices, acknowledges, and explores. So an example of this would be, I noticed that that uh, when you were speaking just now, you're, you're, you, sh you changed the way you were sitting. Like you turned away from me. Or you, uh, I noticed that you're, you got really quiet when you said that. Um, can you tell me more about that? Right? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's that simple. Body language, emotions, energy shifts, nonverbal cues, and behaviors. What is the behavior? What would what would be a behavior example? Making a face. Yeah, for me, I know when I kind of go into deep thought, I tend to look upwards as if I'm looking into like my brain or something like that. <laughs> and I may, I'll, I'll speak something that has nothing to do with what I'm actually thinking about. So for someone to ask, you know, point out that behavior and say, what's going on there? What just happened in that moment? That gives me an opportunity to kind of think back to what I was realizing in that moment and to verbalize that to whoever um, my coach may be in that instance. Mm -hmm. Or uh, maybe if you have a client who's like always kind of fidgety and can't really sit in one place. And then when you get them talking about a certain subject, they kind of relax, take it easy. They're not so distracted like they're focused and you can notice those kind of like behavioral shifts or vice versa maybe a topic is like sort of 
making them uncomfortable. And that's a place for a little more delicacy on the part of the coach, whether it's a question that they want to ask to explore or maybe keep that topic for another time. If you can tell um, if there's something maybe well, triggering goes, about it. Yeah, that goes into don't poke the bear. Don't push people yeah. where they're not ready to go. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they, they'll come around when they're ready to go there. You can, I mean, definitely it presents itself, ask a question, but if they're not ready to go, they're just not ready to go. And there's no need to poke the bear, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, well, too, I think when you want to communicate effectively, noticing the body language of others, if they've had a long or a rough day, uh, they may want to speak or they may not. And you could tell by the yawns and the posture. And this was a really rough day. Focus or Did you know, I read, I read an article about yawns that you only yawn with people you're comfortable with. Just, just for a fun fact. It's mirroring. It's, it's a subconscious mirroring. Yeah. Um, I when I yawn at the same time as well. No, you guys are so bonded. Isn't that yeah. sweet? <laughs> okay, number uh, number five, integrates the client's words, tone of voice, body language to determine the full meaning of what is being communicated, which we've kind of talked about this. And actually, I think we kind of talked about the next one. So I'll just read it. And we can just explore what's left in this section, I think. Notices trends in the client's behaviors and emotions across sessions to discern themes and patterns. So that is sort of bringing it out to that big picture, um, taking all, taking really one through five, and 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 then being aware in a broader sense of what is going on with your client. If they came in at the beginning, you know, weighing ninety pounds, and and after eight sessions they weigh one hundred and twenty, there might be a shift there. <laughs> you might be something you're going, what's going on? <laughs> um, delicately though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got fatter. How's it? <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, um, also recognizing, and I think most people intuitively know this, but I've seen some people who may have trouble with this. It's not just the surface of what being said is what's being said. It's the whole body of body language, tone of voice, and how humans just communicate in general uh, to get that meaning. It's, it's being also being aware that it's not the 20 question game is that you as the coach, you're having patience, you're focusing in on what they're saying, you're reflecting it back. And it just all comes full circle through all of these uh, one through six concepts that we're sharing. I asked, I asked 21 questions, not 20. So it's, it's different and it's more interesting on numbers, you know, so. <laughs> um, uh, do you, is there anything we have yet to explore in the listens actively realm? Hmm. I think I mentioned this before, but don't try to think about the right question to ask when someone's talking. Cause if you follow the 80, 20 rule, okay. 80% of the time a client's going to be talking and it's helpful to listen to them as they talk, not be in your own head. Devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. When I say don't think of the pink elephant, what do you think of? The pink elephant. I'm thinking about the words you're saying, Brooke. <laughs> you're not thinking about a pink elephant? Yeah. So mm -hmm. instead of instead of not thinking about the right the wrong or right question, what what can they be doing? And you said listening actively. Uh, how do how do we check that? What is my next question moment? 
What happens if you don't have it? If you don't have what? If, if the client's talking and they get to the end and you don't know what to ask next. Client, Can here's you what I've heard you say. This is what my understanding of what you said. Do I have that correct? What is the perfect question to ask you here? I like that you said client. <laughs> I, I talk, I address all my clients as clients. So I totally get it. <laughs> um, okay. So I think we're, we're at the halfway mark. Let's move into seven, shall we? Shall we, everybody? Uh, evokes awareness. Uh, definition facilitates client insight and learning by using tools and techniques such as powerful questioning, silence, metaphor, and analogy. Done, done, done. And I know for a fact Anthony does not like metaphors, by the way. <laughs> hey, um, my opinion is that they're sometimes more harmful than they are helpful. Um, sometimes, it's if you're speaking a different language or you come from a different cultural context or background, sometimes those metaphors just don't land. Yeah, I would agree. That kind of right there, what I just said, not landing, that's a metaphor right there. <laughs> So much didn't work for me, Anthony. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, metaphors can be kind of all over the place sometimes, and that kind of again falls in line with uh, remaining in line with your client's language. There are yeah. some say, metaphors that you may use that just throws the whole session off course because now they're trying to figure out what you're saying to them, which is never a good space to be in as a coach. So, That's client has used this language where they were talking about filing and they hate they hate filing and they said it's like climbing a tall mountain right so because they gave me that language that's where i could use that metaphor in that comparison and that contrast and all of that and it gave them a good picture because it was already their language mm -hmm. yeah the the, con the converse of you giving metaphors asking the clients to give metaphors or being open for the client's analogies, that is really, really helpful um, information to have. Just like I know now that Anthony likes airplane analogies. <laughs> Do I? Landing. <laughs> it may not land. You gotta take uh, off. That, no. Uh, mm. um. I don't know if that's, I think it's just a more of a kinetic type of uh, metaphor, not an airplane one. No, but so but, a good example of this would be if knowing, we know, well, Anthony, I'll use, use the example. Uh, we know that Anthony likes theater, right? So I might be able to say, uh, use an analogy within the bounds of theater and being an actor and um, uh, working with a director or taking direction, um, something along those lines and apply it to something that we're working on, knowing yeah. that he has that experience and would understand what I'm saying in that metaphor. And that's, yeah. that's a perfect example there, Brooke. Good job. Because part of a session is not always staying on task because you find out those kinds of things, what, what uh, your, your, the person you're working with does. If they're a contractor, you can use contracting metaphors. So sometimes releasing that, I call valve in a session and finding out some fun details can play a huge benefit in that. I think Core Competency 7 is a good space to flex your intuition. I do believe that there, well, I definitely have heard this question a few times uh, throughout the, you know, our course, uh, where a student will come in and ask, um, well, if we're just asking questions, then what's the point of me, myself being here with all these years of experience behind me? What is the purpose of all those years of experience 
um, being behind me and not me being able to utilize those. And I think this space is a great space to go ahead and do so. Again, making sure you're not overwhelming your client with what you're bringing to the table, but um, bringing just bits and pieces of what you have learned throughout the course of your life and um, using using that as a coach. Uh, this is a good space to go ahead and do that there. So that's a good lead into number one, considers client experience when deciding what might be most useful. So Brooke's yeah. metaphor of using theater and direction and acting, she knows my experience and that was the most useful one. And now I'm more open to evoking my awareness because of Brooke. <laughs> my job, that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think we've sort of covered those points now, right? I feel like we did inadvertently. Yeah. Um, so vertently, I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> number three, ask questions about the client, such as their way of thinking. Two. Oh wait, no, well challenges the client. Oh, challenge the client. Uh, the challenges the client is a way to evoke awareness or insight. Ooh, that is. A, let's talk about that one. Is that poking the bear? No. No. Because no. There's, some, there's some boundaries that like should probably be set at the start where you just don't cross, and there's bound your own boundaries, the client's boundaries. But if there's a limiting belief or block or something that in the client's mindset they say no i i can't be this way because this is not the way things are for me mm -hmm. the coach asks, okay well what if things were that way yeah that is a challenge and an open-ended question that could have the client say oh well i guess it could be this way or what if i maybe i should try to consider things from a different sort of perspective and it's not black and white thinking it's encouraging that sort of gray area um, that we want our, our clients to be in. I think the word challenge can be a bit scary, but I mean, challenges can be fun, right? Uh, so keeping that in mind, um, also consider that a challenge doesn't necessarily have to be completed. It's still gonna be you know, on your client's court and um, be in their hands whether they, they wanna complete that challenge or not. But it is something that you do wanna keep in mind again, just to make sure that you are making sure that everything is on the table for you and the client to consider. I, for me as a businesswoman, as somebody and who, who works with people, all of you fine folks here, the last thing I want on my team is somebody that's just going to agree with everything I say and just say yes to me all the time. I want somebody that's going to collaborate, but in order to collaborate with somebody, a true collaboration is two people bringing their knowledge together to create a, something that is bigger and better as a result of the two working on it instead of, working separately. So that can't happen if if we aren't somehow collaborating, right? And now in a coach, we're not bringing our knowledge. We're not doing that. What we are doing is asking questions that will open that client up and 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 bring make their world bigger. Um, and and uh, in in order to make their world bigger, you may have to ask some questions that might challenge their way of thinking. Um, and that's that moving them from black and white to gray to black and white again, right? Um, we want to we want to move them maybe out of these preconcepts that they're they're stuck in these routines, these cycles, these uh, things. It help them, I should say, not move them, but to to yeah. a broader way of looking at the world. 
because they've told us that's what they want to do. It's not yeah. because we have said oh, they need to think this way and they need to think that way. So while we're using some words that sound that way, it is all about what the client has told us that they wanted. And simply, what is the opposite of that is a great question because they can have a mindset that's solid here and then they think about what the opposite is. It doesn't necessarily mean the switch is on and the switch is off is opposite, but it's how their um, thought process works within that premise. So, um, uh, like giving a, a good example of this, let's say, so a, a sort of example would be if you're working on a client with a client on a goal, right? They want to get to a certain particular place. Um, they have yet to be able to figure out how to, or they, they, for whatever reason, are overwhelmed or something along those lines. And that's why they are coming to work with you in the first place. So the, the, they're coming to you for this space so that they can then start to work their way past and through things that they have not yet been able to do so. And, and in order to do that, they were going to have to challenge themselves. They're going to have to, but it's always led and get guided by the client. Um, we just ask the questions that might challenge what they've been thinking or what they've been, the way they've been going about the process, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, of like, um, let's say if I was, let's say I, I wanted to um, get my microphone to work. <laughs> um, and, and anybody, you guys can be a coach on this. Can't get my microphone to work. I've tried everything. I've tried everything to get my microphone to work. What do you guys say as a coach? What is it about this microphone that you value so much? <laughs> so you want to reflect back with what she just said. So if she's saying something, what did you guys just hear her say? So you're saying that you can't get your microphone to work for you. I have done everything. I've, you've done everything. Done, everything. You've done have everything. You done everything. everything? <laughs> and then the moment you say, have you done everything? Might go, well, not everything. I haven't gone to the website. I haven't um, asked somebody to help me with it. I haven't. And now look at that. My world has gone from I've tried everything to now I have these things that I can explore as opportunities and options. I see. So you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> um, so I think, that, I mean, that's a little more tangible sort of example of what that, how you can challenge your client's way of thinking, but it's not like you're outright calling them out you're simply mirroring to them what maybe their absolute thought processes are and, and everything did you try everything um and that's so a that. client, the a client shows you and tells you and talks to you you've built rapport you've got a lot of information with this client and now they're telling you the perfect solution to a conundrum that they're going through but everything in you says, this is not their solution. They got this answer somewhere. It's not something that feels like it's connecting with who the client is. Authentic too. Yeah. So how do you ask that client a question? Just ask like, oh, so where, where did you get that? Uh, where did that answer come from, do you think? Or where did? Tell me more about how you found this solution. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about why it's right for you. Or tell me more about what makes it perfect. Yeah, Brooke's question's not mine. Mine sound a little bit more <laughs> observational. 
uh, Brooke's questions. Start, start are all your questions with tell me more and you've mm -hmm. got, you're done. That's all you need. And <laughs> you, can, you, can reflect, you can reflect back who that client has shown you with the things, I'm going to say he, he or she, but he, who, who he's shown you, the things he's said, who he's been, oh. and then you, conversely, you've shared this, I'm a little confused. Share how that comes together. So like if you, if I had said, I, I, I hate the color blue, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And then my perfect solution is to wear a blue shirt the rest of my life. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I don't know what this problem is for, but I'm going to go, well, you've told me though in previous sessions that you hate the color blue. So <laughs> um, it just doesn't align for me, um, which is, I mean, obviously it's a completely absurd example, but it, it is, a, it's sort of, yeah, I'm noticing you, I'm noticing that you have a blue shirt on. Let's share more with that. Yeah, I thought you were a blue shirt, Jerome. It's actually gray, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, funny I think it's a gray shirt, but it looks like a blue shirt from our perspective. Oh my goodness. <laughs> into the next one. Um, kind of been touching on this, um, asks about uh, questions about the client, such as their way of thinking, values, needs, wants, and beliefs. And I, what? I'm looking for the number. I think I missed number three. Number three. It almost feels okay. like for this one too. This one applies like in the, it should happen early. And it, I mean, I can see how you would want both. It, it just sort of be a running theme. Ask questions about the client, such as the way their way of thinking, values, needs, and beliefs. Um, why is that important? Because you're getting the client's story, the language, the way that they have their patterns. The you're getting, you're watching body language as they're speaking. There's just so much that you get from this. This is yeah. this is one of the few spaces that a coach's coach should ask why in. I would think because this is where you can get them to connect to their emotional relevance, the the meaning of their goals, and and attach to that as they move forward. Um, that it is in line with their values. That it is. Uh, you know, all of these things, it's, it's in line with their way of thinking. It's, 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 they're in alignment as they move through this. And that's why asking this and where that why might come in critically in, into this part. Yep. Deborah so. Mac Rankins, it's all about the client. They're trying to figure out what it is about them that makes them tick. And also with those um, asking questions about the thinking values, needs, wants, and beliefs, it gives you an opportunity to see if there's any sort of thing that's misaligned or in conflict with each other because ideally i would think that a person's way of thinking and beliefs inform what they value need and want but if their needs and their wants are different or their values and beliefs are in conflict that's a good way to ask them questions to try to resolve it or tie it together into a clearer picture absolutely um, let's let, I think this move us into our next one. Ask questions that help the client explore beyond current thinking, which is sort of, we, we demonstrated that uh, just a minute ago, I think too. Um, and that's number four. Number five, invites the client to share more about their experience in the moment. What does that mean in the moment? Because they're sitting in your chair. Okay. I so, would say relating back to what they most recently spoke about and maybe not necessarily going back to a past session or previous session and bringing up something there because things shift uh, from session to session. So you want to make sure that you are sticking with your client as far as what they want to get taken care of in that moment. 
I think it's also the staying in the present piece, not going to the past, not digging up that 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 the historical, the coaching, the ghost, the the behind them stuff um, that, that they cannot change as coaches were moving in a forward progress and movement. So that's where that in the moment becomes critical because we want to keep them in that moment and not delving into this, the past of which we do not work and they, they cannot change. It, it's the question is, how is that impacting you now? Also, I, I would say avoiding the future as well, because it's easy for coaches to ask all these hypothetical, hypothetical questions like, oh, how would this make you feel if this were to happen? Or how would you feel if you were to achieve these goals in the future? But you want to ask, how do, how do you feel right now about discussing these goals? Like, what, 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 are you, what are you thinking or what are you going through currently as we're talking me and you? Well, right. I, whoever I, you want, maybe in the future. I, I would say yes, and though the the future is is to some degree important because we're working yeah. toward the goal, but I think it's also being mindful and having your client be mindful and living in the moment. The process is really it's it's that there's a the cliche saying it's it's not the end goal, it's the it's the process of getting there or whatever the way they say it. That's what that really it's the adventure of getting there that it is really the payoff, not the end goal um and so keeping them in that space of we're working this we're working through it but enjoy the process mm-hmm. um i think is is a great great place to work from in this uh space as well but you might have a client that doesn't enjoy the process well screw them they're out <laughs> coming from a place where they don't like these shifts they know they need to make the shifts they want to make the shifts but it's not a fun place for them necessarily and it's always about meeting the client where they're at. So as you're going through this learning and this change, what are you in control of? So it's being actively aware for the client on what they're what they're in control of and what can um, change from that. So if I hate the process, like I'm hating, I mean, event, I mean, hopefully then we're, we are looking to the future because I'm, I'm hating the process so that I can get to something I want. Right. Yeah. That's, right. That moment. Then, I, then I would ask as a coach, Oh, my cat is just, uh, <laughs> no. um, I would ask then what, what can we do now to make this process more enjoyable? Like we have a goal, we have a process that you agreed upon. Do you think that there's something that we could do or adjust or change right now? to make that more enjoyable for you. Yeah. Is that, well, uh, is that leading Lisa? I'm sorry. I got over here. I was looking at the messages. Oh, the so cat. <laughs> uh, no. So, so yeah. uh, he was saying that, that if, the, if the, you have a client that's not enjoying the process, that's yeah. really, it's like, can you ask them, is, is there a way to make this process more manageable? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Sure. So okay. an exa- example I was thinking of is like fitness coaching. You know, that's a one where there's a goal and usually the process is very painful um, and grueling, but there are ways to adjust the process to make it at least a little bit more enjoyable for a person. Or or it just becomes ownership of the process. So even like you're saying the, the workout, right? I don't like that, but... I have to take ownership because that's the direction I, I want to move towards. So good point, Anthony. By the way, this is this this is what a uh, number six notices what is working to enhance the client's process. 
done. Oh, we didn't even have to. Look at that. And so, so we, and we only have a few minutes left, about 10 minutes left, and we've got a, few, a little bit of ground to cover. So yeah. I'm going to move us from that. Since we right, we're into, number seven. Into the eighth one. We're going to move into the eighth. Oh, eighth. All right, go. <laughs> Do you have it? Does, I don't know if Kyle has them up. <laughs> Kyle, you want to read eight? No, sure. Number eight is helps the client identify factors that influence current and future patterns of behavior, thinking, or emotion. So are these factors outside or inside of the client's control? Well, it's factors that influence current and future patterns of behavior, thinking, and emotion. So I'm a tangible example, again, is if I'm, I'm in a situation where I know this person rubs me the wrong way. Like, I, there's just something about that I just cannot stand this human being. Um, <laughs> so I will know, helps the client identify factors. So I would then ask the client to sort of me to identify, okay, knowing that you hate this person, acknowledge this emotional reaction that you're having. And then hopefully by virtue of knowing this factor, what's causing it, where I can then go into that situation with more awareness. I would imagine that's sort of what this space is about, right? Yeah. Um, As a coach, is it more important to identify a factor that um, shows a positive behavior or more important to focus on the influence, outside influence that hone on negative and to be aware? So it's all about what they're in control of. So that negative influence that is affecting them is what are they in control of? What can they do? And I like to use the word boundary. What can they do to set a boundary for themselves in the environment that's impacting them? Right. So it's just taking that question. If we ran with Brooke's uh, example, you know, she does, this person rubs her the wrong way. What are you in control of in that situation when you're in that space with that person? Well, I think, too, to answer your question, what is more important? That is up to the client, too. Mm -hmm that the client will tell you which is more important in yeah. their space, the positive or the negative. And, and if you don't know, you ask, right? Mm -hmm. Allow them to determine which is more important. So if you hear a trigger or a, a outside factor, you can identify and say, hey, I'm hearing this come up. Do you want to focus on this or do you want to acknowledge it, note it and move on to something further? Or I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that you're having this emotional reaction Tell me more about that. Do you want to explore that further? Is this gonna? Is this an obstacle? Or you know, any like that's feeding them though. We can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I probably wouldn't say an, an emotional reaction. I would ask them how yeah. they're feeling and what they want to do in this place that would best serve them. That was my analytical brain kicking in. <laughs> I see you are having emotions now. What do I do with this? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think do we uh, help client behavior, thinking, and emotion? So I think that that's so behavior could be a, an interesting one to delve. You know, uh, how, I could be a sensitive subject. <laughs> um, but let's move on to the next one. Invites the clients to generate ideas about how they can move forward and what they are willing or able to do. That word invite so important. Not help the client generate ideas, but invites the client to do so for themselves. Yeah. Nice. nice. I think that's pretty clear. I don't even think that needs to be discussed because that's what our role, that's the biggest role of a coach is 
getting the client to design the direction they want to work towards. Absolutely. And uh, another thing, this goes for eight and nine, it's on the clients to do this work, not yourself. It might be very clear to you what factors and ideas that would be helpful for this person, but they need to do the work to figure this out for themselves. Um, this is like the video, I think you guys show in level one or level two, where the nail is sticking out of the forehead. Um, it's not helpful to- Don't give it away. No, it's supposed to invoke curiosity to get people to buy the classes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's on the it's on the client to do this, um, even if it may seem like the most obvious thing in the world um, as the coach to do this, because otherwise you're taking credit for giving advice and you're not sort of letting the client have that win. Don't work harder than your client as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I mean, don't come out of a session sweating unless it's Southern unless California. And it's sweating. <laughs> you better both be equally sweating when you walk out of that session. <laughs> I don't care if one of you has some weird hormonal disorder that causes you to sweat more. You get mirroring and sweat the same amount. <laughs> so I think we have kind of talked about this in one of the other competencies that we've had before where uh, it's... It, the client is the one that definitely should be doing the work, the heavy lifting. We're there to help spotlight things for with them, um, to expand their thoughts, to uh, broaden the direction because that's what they've told us they want. So all of that kind of plays in all of the competencies we've already covered as well. So indeed, I want to I want to tackle number ten because uh, we have a few minutes left. I think number ten might be a little hefty, but maybe not. Supports the client in reframing perspectives. Explain. <laughs> mm. I think as a as a client, you might initially have an idea of something and being able to one look at it and be speak it out loud. And then after, as a coach, you hear the idea of being mindful of other perspectives or scenarios that could have occurred to control a situation. There might be a very narrow frame. And as a coach, you should try to encourage other perspectives to help reframe your thought process and maybe approach to a solution, if that is your goal. I think forgiveness, is, I mean, that's right there. That's that's forgiveness, is being able to see other people's perspectives and, and understanding it so that you can move through that. I, I want to take this to a negative place really quick because that's how i roll um uh so also every your client might hit bumps in the road right your client might have obstacles and want to give up and reframing a perspective in that moment could be something that that is very beneficial or critical to your client's progress towards their goal they have some in a space they may, might otherwise have given up on that, that you can reframe uh, so that they, they keep in motion and, and don't quit, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, do you think we have time for an example? Oh, I feel like we don't. No, no, um, you can't. We'll just okay, okay, so. We're in charge here. I'm the client, I'm the client. Um, oh, gosh, you know, my friend doesn't spend any time with me. They absolutely hate me. I just know it. Is there a question that you could ask as a coach that might help me reframe that perspective? Could there be other reasons why this person is not spending time with you? Hmm. Yeah. Can you tell me more what your friend is doing? Mm 
Now, if this were yeah, a real world example, I could expound, expound, but yes, that yeah, that's a that's a great way for I think for me to maybe your friend. I uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe your friend does hate you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so Um, easy to get caught up in tunnel vision sometimes. Um, And that's, again, this is kind of what we're speaking about. Uh, Helping your client, inviting them to understand that not everything is the way that you seem there, that it seems to be. Um, If you, especially if you realize the client hasn't been considering uh, perspectives in, in different areas that, you know, as we talked about plenty of times before, there is no black and white. There's always that. Yeah, this is even amazing uh, live on this that, that we talk. We talk about black and white thinking and, and gray thinking and and uh, moving through that space. And if you haven't already watched it, you should. Shameless plug. Um, we <laughs> have is- one more point left. One more point left. By the way, shall we tackle it? Shares so. observations, insights, and feelings without attachment that have the potential client or that have the potential client to create new learning for the client. Wait, hold on. Am I reading that completely incorrectly? Shares observations, insights, and feelings without attachment that have the potential to, that have the potential to create new learning for the client. I did it, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so explain. <laughs> so one of the things that you could be doing in the questioning uh, with the client is reflecting back and asking them simply, what are you hearing in this reflection? And that can give them that opportunity to get a new insight based on hearing it from a different angle. We have, again, in level two, we have a different uh, behavior that we are sharing with you that also elicits this concept to open up that um, transition of different perspectives in that process. So there's lots of different things you can be doing. I just zoned out. Like, <laughs> what does it mean to to do all this without attachment, though? Yes, that's that yeah, is that's the, right. That so that's yeah. the boop, 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 boop. you don't need to be right. That's the caveat. It's attached. Well, and to outcomes, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to be like my client has to have a breakthrough every session. My client's going to reach her goals in three, three, three sessions, not twelve, like everybody else. Like you don't you <laughs> release that attachment. Like <laughs> just let it happen. Let the, be be in the flow. Let be them, in the moment. They're in charge. They are totally right. in charge, and I cannot have ownership of their connection to their direction that they have said that they want to move towards or their successes or failures. You don't, you don't get to own their successes and you don't get to own their failures. You get, when they come in and say, I did it. Thank you so much. I did it. Or or, or, this is all because of you. It was because of working with you as a coach. You say, no, this was you. This was you that did this. You did the work. Uh, That's all. I I ask questions. Maybe the time that is appropriate is if uh, you got any of those testimonials I could use. Yes, right. <laughs> Would you be willing to give me a testimonial? Maybe? <laughs> um, uh, thank you for marketing. Yes, very important. <laughs> but in that moment, you're going to tell them, no, this is you. This is you get all the credit here. You get this is all you're doing. This is all I did was ask questions and congratulate them and turn that back on them. Give that back that that success, that celebration back to them as well. Um, you can go celebrate and take all the credit to your friends elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that wraps up our two. Any final thoughts on um, uh, communicating effectively, guys? I'm not listening to any of you. 
Yes, I'm, what? I'm not hearing you. Let's think about the next thing I'm saying. You know, I got things to do. <laughs> um, so if you enjoyed the feed, guys, uh, please uh, check out Certified Life Coach Institute. Also check out our other lives and videos like the Black and Gray Thinking Live uh, that we did not too long ago. You can find those on our Facebook page, on our YouTube, or on our website. They're in all three places. It's kind of amazing. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.